Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose podcast season three. I am your host, Carrie Faith Knudsen. This podcast is where leadership meets your sole purpose and mission in life. If you've been questioning what is next as a visionary leader in this new world, then you'll find throughout different episodes, tools, inspirational stories, interviews, and transformational leadership principles to live out your vision. The intention here is to empower you and the those that you lead to create beyond what is possible through leadership, purpose, and vision. Leadership is not something that you do. It is who you be as a creator living in alignment with your soul and mission in life. Are you ready to prosper and create unity to lead and transform you, your life, and the world? If so, let's begin. This week on the show is Vanessa Stewart a writer, intuitive channel who works as a soul guide. She helps people develop their connection to their soul and to spirit. Over the years, she studied with many spiritual teachers, mediums, healers, and shamans, but it was the connection to her spirit guide, Z, that opened her heart wide enough so she could hear spirit clearly. Before coming a professional intuitive, She spent many years as an academia in the fields of anthropology, history, and literature. She also holds a bachelor's of arts in anthropology and a master's of arts in English. You're going to love Vanessa and especially her calming, soothing voice and presence. So Vanessa, I mean, I just love your, your calming presence. I heard you on my friend's show, Uncover Your Magic. Yes, happy to be here. I'm so excited to get into some really good stuff. You're welcome. Thanks for being on the show. You know, it really stood out to me um, on that episode where I first heard you was about, well, one, your coming voice. You're very Mm. calming and present. I've been Um, told that by my hairdresser of all people. (laughs) My stylist just loves when I come in after a busy day. Oh, you're so calm, Vanessa. (laughs) Just must be my, my auric energy coming through there. Can you see or colors or? I've seen mine and I can see others if I concentrate, like if I get into that kind of um, viewpoint. As far as I've seen mine, it's very much of a kind of an undulating blue, like different shades of blue, which is a very calming color, isn't it? I'd love to hear what like young Vanessa was like, maybe as a, as a young child or seven or 10 or a child, like, did you always see yourself as being super spiritual? No, not at all. I didn't grow up in a spiritual household. I did grow up with, with two parents that were pretty open. We weren't religious. My mother was more open-minded to this kind of stuff than, than my dad. I grew up in a, a military home. My father was in the army for 30 years. So we traveled quite a bit. We were overseas quite a bit. And I didn't really have any awareness of spiritual spirituality. I mean, I had some of the basics And I didn't hear or know anything about spirit guides, um, but I did know I had heard the term guardian angel through the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. 
with the guardian angel Clarence. He's trying to help George Bailey, that whole story that was one of, it still is one of my favorite Christmas movies to watch. And I was a very imaginative kid. I loved to draw and play imaginary um, games and stuff, which I think now I understand that was very much a part of me developing later on. I think I don't have any recollection of engaging with spirits until about the age of seven, but I think that some of my memories have gone over the years. I've been told by my spirit guides that I was open up until about the age of three. And then it all stopped. It went away. And I think that happens to a lot of kids for various reasons, because, you know, your parents don't really understand it has to go away, you know, so your spirit guides just retreat at some point. That doesn't happen to all kids. I know some kids that are very open all the way. Um, but for me, it was decided for them to go. But I don't really have a clear memory. I sort of remember my primary guide a little bit. Like I used to be put in a playpen next to a window one of my first memories is being able to see the blue sky because I was placed right by the balcony um, and I remember a tall skinny man and it didn't look like anything anybody in my family so I think that was him but it's a, not like I said very clear it's vague I remember my dog we had a dog and I remember the dog's nose mm -hmm. pressing in against the playpen and those are just my first really early big memories, but it wasn't until I was seven and I was going to sleep and I was just in that state in between being, being awake and falling asleep. And I felt as if somebody had sit on the bed, you know, like as your parents would. Mm -hmm. And I kind of opened up one eye and I didn't see anybody, but I could feel somebody there. And I had a rush of some fear because I didn't understand but then I felt like this calming energy come over me. And I just thought, oh, it must be like a guardian angel or something, or it must be, I think I'm okay. It just, I just felt peaceful. And that sensation of feeling somebody sit on your bed, you know, where the sheets kind of tighten and you feel like somebody's there, that continued from the age of seven all the way. I would have that not every night, but here and there. And so at about the age of 14 or so, I was with a, um, my best friend's mom and we were talking about this kind of stuff. Her mom was sort of open and into reading tarot cards and stuff. And we were talking about guardian angels and spirit guides. And I just opened up and said, you know what? I think I have one. I think I have a guardian angel. And my mother, or, uh, my friend's mother, all of a sudden got chills mm -hmm. and she's rubbing her arms and she's like, Vanessa. I only get that when it's true. And I come to find many years later when I became a medium, I get those chills too. Now I know that it was true. So it was just sort of a sense, but I, I didn't have like any sort of premonitions or psychic ability that I knew of. Looking back though, now I can see that I was a sensitive kid. I, I did see things sometimes before they happened, but I didn't know it was a premonition. Like if I was walking with a friend and I would see them tripping and then it would happen. Those mm -hmm. types of things. But I didn't think that was anything out of no ordinary. Or normal or ordinary because, and like I said, it didn't happen all the time. These are like little things. But I can see now looking back that I was quite intuitive already as a kid. Just didn't realize it. Mm. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So you've always worked with spirit guides. You just didn't 
realize that you were doing it. Is that right? I didn't know. Yes. I didn't realize it. So when I was a child, I loved horses and I loved the movie, the black stallion. And I started seeing this horse around me. And like I said, I was very imaginative. And so this horse became my imaginary friend. What I didn't realize is that it was a guide (laughs) and it was very much with me through, cause I, my, I grew up pretty much alone. My sister's 14 years older than me. So she was long gone out of the house by the time I was seven years old. And so, you know, going on long car trips or traveling, I would imagine that horse with me running alongside the car to keep me company. Oh, wow. So I myself had an imaginary friend um, from, you know, my very first memory, uh, toddler, preschool age, and it was before age five. I had this imaginary friend and her name was Lisa and my sister's name was Lisa. So it was like very confusing to my family because they're like, Lisa's at school, you know, because I was younger and my sister was older, but I had my imaginary friend who was Lisa, who was always there. Right. And I would talk to Lisa and it was like, but it was so confusing. And it was almost like some, somewhere I just decided I needed to let go of Lisa because Lisa was my sister. It wasn't actually a friend. It wasn't real because I didn't grow up in a very creative, spiritual household. So I was Mm -hmm. definitely like, I always felt these other things around me. And Mm -hmm. I felt that comfort too, to talk to my friend, Lisa, but by age five, I was like, I shut her out. And I do you remember what she looks like or what she looked like then? Well, I haven't really thought about, I would say it was like, feel like even now feeling connecting with souls, it's almost like I, I can feel it, but it's not like the 5D, descri- I mean, the 3D like description, right? So yeah, right? You're feeling, you can feel her, you can feel her energy signature. Is that what you're saying? You can feel yes. like, so have you ever, have you felt her since then, since you cut off connection? Have you felt her? Well, I, you know, think about it here and then, but I don't, I guess I, I haven't put much attention to really calling her back in. But when I'm talking about her, I actually feel that, you know, I do feel it. Because I mean, that's really the story of of my life is that I had these gifts, you know, and and everyone I believe does. And then we shut them down, shame for it. And especially, you know, those, those ancestral, and I think, you know, Mm -hmm. the other, the other wounds we carry with us. So yeah. And then we just kind of pick it up along the way. So yeah, I guess I need to reconnect with Lisa more. Definitely. I would say yes, definitely. Is she, can you connect? Are you hearing any messages? Not directly from her, but I, I know from my own experience and from working with several people that they want us, the guides want us to connect. They want us to connect. And all we need to do, it's very simple, is just say, I'm ready to connect. Mm-hmm. Once, you, once you just state that and set an intention of, I want to connect with my guides. I want to understand who I am as soul. I want to understand who you are and why you're with me. You open up the door and your guides are just like, okay, let's go. And that's when you start seeing signs. You start seeing more synchronicity. You're, you're led to certain books or certain people that can help you 
open up more and more and more you start having dreams it's it's just once you open that door they're ready they're coming in. And if you have a memory like you do, where you already know how she feels, then you're already halfway there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it'd be very easy for you to reestablish that connection with her and bring her back in. Thank you for that. Yeah. I didn't really have an intention of, 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 you know, having my own, um, team come come reconnect with me through this conversation but isn't it beautiful like even yes. if that's all that like it's just such a great takeaway uh for me and this is really what you help your clients with right yes isn't it? okay yes, it is definitely this that this is what my intention is through my work is to help people remember the soul they are mm -hmm. and I do that through helping them connect to their spirit team because that is what happened to me. Okay. Well, let me hear a little bit about where you were perhaps 20 years ago, or you didn't always do this as a career, right? Oh, no. no. Uh, 20 years ago, I was um, studying to be an archaeologist. And mm -hmm. I went to Ireland, I went and did an archaeological dig there. I was open like this, my spiritualness, my spirituality, my, my journey, it was like my little secret. It's not, it wasn't something I really shared with people or talked to people about. So I was always picking up books here and there. I was very open. When I went to Ireland, matter of fact, I was like, where are the fairies? <laughs> I want to see the fairies. Yeah, but I, I want to go to Ireland and meet my fairy, the fairies yeah. too. Um, but I was very focused on, uh, you know, I was about to go into um, graduate school. I was very focused on academia. And um, I wasn't thinking I was going to be a medium or anything like that. But there were certain things, certain synchronicities, certain signs happening there. It was like it was calling me, but I wasn't really paying attention mm -hmm. or it was just, you know, a lot of people we go through life and we're like, oh, that's weird, but we don't really do anything. You know, oh, that number sequence is right there. Oh, OK, that, you know, I'll make a wish or that was weird or this is interesting. But we don't take a step further and focus on it and go, okay, wait, obviously something's happening here. And that didn't really happen to me instead until I started seeing number sequences. And I never got that. I know some people have gotten that most of their lives or maybe they're getting it right now. I never really got that until around 2009. And then all of a sudden I was like 11-11 and that 11-11 happened consistently to where I was like, okay, wait a minute, somebody's trying to get my attention here. And that I know was my wake up call. Um, I, I did know who my primary guide was by that point, because I did do a guided meditation. Like I said, I was always interested in it, but it was kind of in the closet. And uh, I knew that I did have a guardian angel or spirit guide. I, I interchange those two. I don't separate them so spirit guide and guardian angel you use synonymously I do now I didn't always like I when when I first started this you know and I was reading um, different books by different mediums or spiritual practitioners they always separated the two and they would say guardian angels are angels angels never incarnate and as I've had many conversations with spirits since then I know that they do there are some 
beings or light beings or what we are, our souls, some souls have no desire to be here. They have no desire to incarnate here. And I actually have a, a, a woman on my team, on my spirit team. Her name is Mary or Marissa. I call her Mary for short. And she classifies herself as an angel who doesn't have any interest in coming here at all. And she's very much my protector guide. She's, I, she likes to joke and say she's kind of like Xena. If you remember Xena from mm -hmm. the 90s television series, that's who she is for me. And, I, and when I do work with people, I can pick up on whether they have guides that come through that way or they come through a different way, meaning they come through more angelic. Maybe they'll just come through more human. See, they know what you can handle. Mm. And sometimes they'll come through maybe a little bit shocking, but not to scare you, more to just awaken you. So if you have a guide that looks maybe more like um, from a different plane of existence or maybe a different planet, don't freak out. That's them maybe saying, hey, open up your head, open up your mind, you know? Mm -hmm. I want a question about the angel numbers. Um, okay. I know that, I mean, I see angel numbers like crazy and, um, but they come in sequences. Like right now I'm, I tend to see like one for like consecutive weeks or months. Right. And then another one. So, um, what does that mean? It means like, obviously specific, a specific message, right? Like right now I'm seeing, sometimes it's two, 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 um, which I see one. a lot, but like, it's like always like the 10, 10. Or sometimes it's always the 1111. So, um, and what I learned from you from other, um, from following you is like, ask questions. Yes. Ask those questions. Well, if you're seeing those numbers and you stop and really think about it for a moment, any kind of synchronicity or sign that's just out of the ordinary. If you sit there and think about it, go, who is trying to talk to me? Mm -hmm. There's somebody, there's an intelligence, of course, that's trying to reach me. And that's where you need to be Alice and you need to go down the hole into Wonderland. You need to follow the white rabbit because what you'll find is that you are being spoken to. Mm -hmm. Somebody is tapping you on the shoulder and 1111 is very much of a wake up call. It's very much of a, come on, remember who you are. Remember, you wanted to remember who you are. Not everybody is here on earth to remember who they are, but the majority I believe are because we're trying to accomplish something here. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're trying to change and shift the energy consciousness. So a lot of us are here and some of us are here to just have a normal life for the first half and then really blow up and awaken. And I think a lot of us experienced that right, right during the pandemic. And when mm -hmm. that started, because all of a sudden everything slowed down mm -hmm. And all of a sudden people are like, whoa, I can actually receive more now. I'm more aware. I can see. And I think there's so many people have come to me that have awakened in the last two years. And so 1111 is very much a wake up call. That is what I first saw. And I saw that continuously for, for quite a bit before I said, okay, obviously you guys are trying to get my attention. Once I acknowledged it, it switched to 1212. See, they were interacting with me. They're like, okay, cool. You saw the 1111. Now you're going to see the 1212. And then I said, okay, I saw that. Then it switched to 111, 222, 333, 444. And that was their way of um, 
saying, you know, um, ground control to Major Tom, basically, that's what it, I just heard them say that to me. That was them really trying to get my attention and my wake mind. me up. And after that, what I did is whenever I would feel the intuitive nudge to look at a clock or to notice a license plate, I would see the number and then I would look it up immediately after mm -hmm. and see what the meaning is. And it was usually some sort of response to me of something I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. 222 is my favorite number to see from them because that's a-okay from them. That is, you're going to, it's going to be okay. You're doing well, you're doing great, keep going. Or like if you're having a challenge or experiencing a challenge and you see 222, that's them saying, don't worry, this is going to work out in your favor. Don't, don't worry about it. So that's how they started communicating with me. And that went on for quite a while. And then at that time, I also noticed my ears ringing intensely on and off. It's kind of like a tone. And that was my clear audience was starting to open up. So I could actually start hearing them instead of just looking up the, what they were saying. Um, and this happened over time because what happened is I took the next step and asked the questions like, what's going on here? So if you're hearing those, those tones and you're seeing those numbers, don't be afraid to take the next step and, and engage and ask them, okay, what's up? Lead me to a book, lead me to a person who can help me mm -hmm. show me the next step here. And they'll work with you. Thank you for, for sharing that. That's what I have told my clients is that when you see the number, look it up and trust that whatever meaning that you find is the one that you really need in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so much information out there, right? Um, what 222 means or, or 1010 um, and just trust it. Yeah. Or, or, you know, another good way is to create your own meanings yes. for numbers. Okay. Because they'll know. So if you, mm. you know, I know that there's like two, two, two is if you look it up, you know, three, 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 four, four, four is about your angels or archangels being with you. I mean, that's great too. But if you want to pick a random number, like um, one, three, four, or, you know, one, two, three, and make that your own, that'll be really great. Because then when you start seeing that, then you really get excited because you know that they're communicating with you. <laughs> Okay. Amazing. So what was the full nudge for you to really go after what you're doing now as a, a medium in mediumship? What was it that was like, I must do this? I was getting the intuitive nudge. I, after I, I had seen the number sequences, I felt this intuitive pull to really, really take it more seriously, take my spiritual journey much more seriously. And I started reading a lot of books and I joined um, some Facebook groups and I took a class um, with Sonia Choquette, who's a, one of my personal mentors um, about connecting further and deepening that connection. And I started seeing a lot of people in these Facebook groups asking, how do I connect with my guides? And I wanted to help people. I felt that nudge to help. I just, I, I like, I'm like, kind of like the librarian. What do you need? <laughs> Let me find it for you. 
And that was one thing I knew I could do because I had already by that point established a pretty good connection with my team. Mm -hmm. And I started helping people in, in Facebook groups and I started getting the nudge. I started seeing visually to create a website mm -hmm. and what to call it and how to move further. And, and I started doing um, free readings for people. And I was blown away because people were coming back with, oh my God, you were in my brain. You know what I'm thinking. It just, I started getting a lot of validation and I, I just wanted to do it full time. And my team was behind me a hundred percent because it felt, it felt to me like the real me, if that makes sense. Yeah, like the like, true me was finally able to come out from out of the closet and be open and free and just go for it. Like the hidden me finally was able to shine. And I think a lot of us want that. And a lot of us are trying to find that for ourselves. And for me, it was really about going within and finding me and remembering my soul and then letting that come out. I know we've talked about this before is that it's a big deal when we actually really look inward and honor that and really see who we are at the soul level and feel like we don't have to hide that right mm -hmm. and just yeah. claim it and also I, I'm hearing that it took you having the trust in your spirit guides yeah um trust with your spirit guides and then trust within yourself and it's a big deal when you proclaim that yes very big. It's, it's huge. It's mind blowing, life blowing. It's everything because you're taking this cloak that you've worn your whole life where you've been trying to just fit in and you drop that. And it's a very heavy cloak to wear very. Mm, yes. And once that's gone, you find your inner strength. You're able to move forward with things that you've never thought you could do or could be. You know, I never thought I would be doing sessions with people. I'm, I'm, I classify myself as an introvert. I used to get so nervous to do academic, um, you know, professional presentations. Oh my goodness. And then to move into doing Zoom sessions uh, was big for me. That was a big move. I started out doing email readings. Oh, and I right. would, I would write this long, you know, 20 page PDF on how to, you know, meet your spirit team and my abilities have developed. And I used to have to go into a very deep meditation and I used to do what's called a shamanic journey. Mm -hmm. And I would meet my client's spirits team through that shamanic journey, then come out of that, record that all or record it during, and then transcribe it and create this reading. And that's how I started. <laughs> And over the years, my, my abilities quickly opened up and developed to where I can just do a Zoom session and spirits right with me. I don't oh, need yeah. to go into meditative state anymore. But that happened pretty quickly, like within three years. It was very oh, yeah. fast. Well, it sounds like you are working really hard <laughs> doing that when it's like, well, now we're realizing, especially through the past few years, like how this, you know, Zoom and the way which became normal to connect that makes it makes it easier for all all parties and even like spirit you know they're happy because we're able to spread spread the messages and and connect with more people and help more people this way yes definitely it's i mean if you if you look at the advent of the internet and how that opened up the availability for information um i know that that was a big thing for me because back in 
just around the 2000, 2001 is when I first joined a Yahoo group for um, psychic awareness. I mean, that, that was like over 20 years ago now, and I wouldn't have had access to that, you know, and, and there weren't a lot of books then either. If you went to the, they used to call it the occult section, you go the occult section to get your information. And now we can connect and do zoom. And I work with people all over the world, which blows me away blows me away. Singapore, China, Australia, the UK, Ireland. It's just amazing. And we're all having these awakenings. We're all having these experiences and we're able to connect now in a way that we wouldn't have been able to do, you know, in the nineties or in the Mm eighties. So it's amazing. And, but it's all perfectly divinely orchestrated, you know, it really is. And when you see it that way, it's amazing. It's they're supporting us. Absolutely. So do your clients find you, do you feel like, like organically? And then what are some of the common themes that you see when people outreach? What are people most seeking help with? Yes, they are led to me. I truly believe that. I believe that their spirit guides are leading them. They're finding their way to me. And I feel most of them are look, it just, it depends. Some of them are, most people are are just looking for answers. Most people are like me um, when I first started out and they're just going, okay, I'm having this experience or I'm having a reoccurring dream or I'm feeling spirit around me and I don't know what to do. I'm having these experiences and I want answers. And I get clients that are at varying stages. Some of them are in the very, very beginning. Some of them have never even been to see somebody like me, you know, a medium or or a psychic. They've never been to anybody with those abilities. And then I've also have people who have been on their journey, you know, for 20 years Mm -hmm. and they are feeling maybe more of a push now. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I, I think a lot of people are getting more of that push And they'll come to me to want to deepen their connection or to really start more of a two-way conversation with their guides. It took me a long time. It took me a good 10, 15 years to where I could really hear my guides. Before then, they were sort of in the background. You know, I knew they were there. I would talk to them during usually the worst times, not the good times. I would, it's just, oh, please, you know, you know, praying to them, help me out. And they would work with me then, of course, they would come to me then, but I didn't know anything really about them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know about their soul. I didn't know about their experiences until I opened up and that clear audience and the clairvoyance started, you know, developing and getting bigger to where I started asking them those questions. Who are you? How, how old are you? You know, just really simple, basic questions, but that's where I started it. And the conversations I've had with them, I've written um, several blog posts about the conversations, but it's also how I like to communicate in my sessions. It's very much about let's get you on a conversational basis with your guides. Let's go beyond knowing you have guides. Let's go beyond asking for signs. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go beyond that and really start to talk to them and speak one-to-one with them. So they become a really real tangible part of your life. So building and strengthening that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And when we build that relationship with spirit guides, like trusting, like, I feel like trusting ourselves more too. Yes. And having a better relationship with ourselves on that soul level. Yes. Oh, yes. It's, it has, your guides know you. 
there are things about my soul that I am aware of now that have just made me stronger, more confident, more self-assured, less worried, mm-hmm. less stressed. I still have my days. I still have my doubts. You know, you, I don't think you can really just drop that completely, no. but now yeah. I have the tools that I need to switch the mindset, you know, get myself out of maybe more of a inhibition or, you know, a doubt, I can shift it easier now. Mm -hmm. Whereas before all of this, I would just stay in that state much longer or even make bad decisions, you know, because of that state. And now if I'm feeling, I can even just feel it coming on (laughs) and it's like, Oh, got to (laughs) switch. Got to get out of that. Increasing the discernment as well, Mm -hmm. Um, your own discernment and getting out of that brain chatter and that mind chatter and that survival fight or flight versus, yeah, and just being aware of that and being like, I know you're there. Yeah, there's so much more. There's so, so much more. So I'm really intrigued for myself and the audience because I do connect, I do work in the Akashic Records and I do connect with spirit team but I feel like even more drawn to the Akashic records so can you explain like do you feel like the spirit guides are also in the Akashic records are you familiar with Akashic records mm-hmm. um is it because I've, I've heard different things so I want to clarify from your perspective and I love that you really um, when you teach, it's really like, this is, you know, what I've heard and this is how I learn. Yes. Um, yeah. And we have free will to choose, right? Yes. That's the most amazing part about it. And that's, what's so empowering is that we each have our own experience. Yes. And everybody will meet their guides in their own way. Okay. It's different for everybody. And okay. with the Akashic records for me personally, for me personally, I see the, 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 even the name, it's very much of a personified form of all that is. So to me, when I go to the Akashic records, I feel like this is just a very human way to give me a place to go so I can access information in a way that surpasses my mental mind and gets Mm -hmm. me into my consciousness or my subconscious connection. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like that stream of information is around us all the time. And I feel very much that when I channel or when I'm writing or creating anything, I'm connecting to that energy of all that is. I feel very much connected to um, the past, to history. I studied history and I have a natural way when I'm working with clients, past lives come in or Mm -hmm. concurrent lifetimes as I like to call them now, because I've learned that all of this is happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. So with guides, um, I feel like they have the ability to tap into that, to tap into what you could call the Akashic records, that stream of information. And with my personal guide, I call him Z. When he is tapping into that, it's like he puts a different hat on. And then he just tells me these amazing stories about the past or about earth or about other places and having, so he's always tapped in. So I think that when Mm -hmm. we cross and we're in our soul form, Mm -hmm. we are connected to the Akashic records all the time. I think as as a human, and when we're trying to work with a client and get information, 
we just see it as a place we I, I like to visualize it as an actual place. I go up in an elevator. <laughs> I go and I look up the file, I get the person's name, and then I'm looking for the information that comes through. That's how I was trained okay. to access the Akashic records. I know it's different for di different people teach a different way. Um, but yes, I see it as all of the information oh. that ever was. Yes. Yes. I believe that it is all access to information. We just go about it in different, our own unique ways. I think it's the same with uh, spirit guide connection. Some people are going to meet their spirit guides in a different way than doing a meditation or a guided meditation. Some people just can't do meditation. Some people aren't visual. They're going to be more of a feeling type of person more clear sentient so they're going to feel the energy they might feel coldness or chills mm. that's still their guide's energy but they won't see it you know so it doesn't mean that you're not doing it right if you can't see them you right. know it just might be a different experience the sense like i i also pick up on smell smelling sense mm -hmm. um which i think is maybe one of the more rare it is a, more of the rare Claire's. I think it's, yeah. um, I do that too. <laughs> you smell and oh yes. Uh huh. My, yeah. my family thinks I'm crazy. You know, I'm like, Oh, and it's usually like smoke, like a cigar or even cigarettes. Uh -huh. And sometimes it gets really strong and potent, but it's funny because in my past career, I um, was certified sommelier and also I was like in certified coffee and it's all oh, like wow. through this, yes. especially as a sommelier, it's a wine steward and a wine professional where, yeah. you know, we can, um, you just look at a wine and you smell it and you know what it is. And um, yeah. I don't drink anymore. That's why I gave up that career. But it's interesting that I've used this, this gift, right, of connecting and it's just materialized in different ways throughout my lifetime. It started mm -hmm. with coffee and then it went to wine mm -hmm. and I was really talented at it, but it's because I could pick up on, on things, you know, I could smell wine, smell <laughs> the earth and, and yeah. all different apples and fruits and, and, you know, all these different things where some people, well, everyone can do it. It's just really, you have to train just like connecting with. Yes. That's, it's yeah. the same thing. I, mm -hmm. I like to say that it, it's, it's not hard work, but there is need for consistency and effort in developing your clairs. So for me, for existent, for, for example, I was, um, I'm a writer and mm -hmm. I was a freelance writer for 10 years. Mm -hmm. That ability really helped me be a natural channel. And I can remember writing before I was really connected to spirit and the difference now, the difference now is amazing. <laughs> it's so like, I don't really experience writer's block anymore because of my, my connection with them and able to just channel that information through. Mm -hmm. So if you have a career where you're naturally like writing something, you're imaginative or like you, you develop that smell you're probably going to use that right off the bat or have the ability to interact with spirit in that way easiest in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I find that too in writing um, that that's, that's the way when I, when I connect daily is that I write and it's just like free flowing, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm not in my mind. Yes. And it's just such amazing, easy, effortless flow. It is. Yeah. So how can the audience and clients find you and work with you? 
yeah, they can find me at spiritguideconnection.com. <laughs> I love that name because that was my guides helped me with that. You know, I didn't know what to call it. And so they came through with that spiritguideconnection.com. And you can find me also on Instagram at spiritguideconnection, the same on Facebook and on Pinterest even. You have a and, beautiful website. Oh, thank you. They helped me design that too. <laughs> they helped me with all of it. And I do offer one-on-one sessions right now. There's two sessions, one where it's more of, I channel your guides for any sort of guidance you need, because some people who are very new to this, they just want to know what it's like to interact, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's much more of sort of an introduction of, or if you're already advanced, but you can't quite get clear. I know I personally still would like to have somebody else to kind of give me and help me clarity. Um, so that would be the perfect session. And then I have mentoring sessions and that's much more of helping you connect to your team. And I help facilitate that and help guide you through the process of meeting your guides of what it is to feel their energy signature and move on from there. And I do offer packages, the mentoring sessions. So you know, we can work together over a few months or, or so to help you with that. Absolutely. I believe that, and really it's my mission that every person on the planet finds a, a spiritual guide, not mm -hmm. just their spirit guide, but having, you know, us facilitators yeah. be mainstream, just like we have accountants or doctors or dentists that, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a continual journey, right? The journey never ends. It just evolves. I believe strongly that it's an essential piece to health and happiness and well-being. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I think, I think that's definitely, that's, I would love to see more. I just want to see more of that. So thank you so much for your work, Vanessa, and being here today. I appreciate you. Thank you, Carrie. I've loved talking to you today. It was so much fun. Thank you for listening and investing your time with me because I believe we are all here to learn, grow, and evolve effortlessly into the future. If you enjoyed what was shared today, I encourage you to subscribe, rate, review, and share because together we can do so much more. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Carrie Faith on Purpose to find out more opportunities to uncover your deepest why.